focus, focus up. All right, welcome. On today's Rubio Method, we're gonna be talking about coaching, hugging, control, Lululemon pants, and much, much more, all on episode seven of the Rubio Method. Big T, let it rain. Focus, focus up, Monahan. At some point, I will get that. I promise you. I've actually been working on it over and over, even by myself. I still can't get to not laugh, Monahan. Let's go. People have been emailing Rubio at therubiomethod.com. They've been doing a great job sharing it on YouTube, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. Also on the website ngbn.tv. What website questions do you have for us this week? Yes, we have some absolute bangers for questions this week. <clears throat> oh, pardon me. There we go. Hey, got to get the, the rust out of there, eh? Uh, first one, Rubio, word is you are wearing Lululemon pants at camp. Is this true? And what does Monaghan think? Hey, I'm going to get out in front of this one, all right? Lululemon is my jam, right? I can't, hey, I can't take these things off, right? So I love Lululemon. I'm for them. I advocate for them. <laughs> I love Lululemon. I've got shorts on right now. Number one, I'm not sure if that was supposed to be a put down for me. Yes, I do have some Lululemon pants. And one of the worst days of my life was when, I, I'm hoping it was my wife, bought me a pair of Lululemon underwear and immediately, like cheap, I immediately checked the price, and I said, oh, no, this is not happening. No way. She goes, just try them, try them, try them. They're phenomenal. It's all I'll wear. And it's really depressing to me simply because they are so expensive, but they're worth it. So, yes, I've got no guilty pleasures like I've said before. They are a pleasure, and I'm full on board with, with them. I'm in. I support the whole thing. <laughs> all <laughs> right, number two, but from Big Frank in Texas, Nick and Rubio, did you guys win any yearbook awards? Obviously not best hair for Rubio. <laughs> brutal, man, brutal. Uh, and, and, and this is in high school. And I will again hop out in front of it. As you can tell, the kid is a bit of a class clown. So I definitely got the class clown award. I was always, one time I convinced our whole math class to turn all our desks facing backwards when our teacher left. And when she came back, she's like, what, what is your problem? What are you doing? <laughs> I actually did. I'm assuming most people, it was most athletic, obviously not best hair. I actually did have hair in high school. I think it was around 25 where I started shaving it. It was becoming just the power alley, and I, let's cut it off at the pass here. Um, but the award that I won in high school was most huggable. No joke, I won most huggable. And if anyone's ever gotten a hug, from gotten, gotten it's a word gotten a hug for me you will know that i'm a phenomenal hugger and i have two rules when hugging i go belly button to belly button and you can never be the first one to let go those are my two rules so if you ever get a, a big bear hug for me no it's good we're going belly button to belly button and i will not be the first one to let go so just get ready for that ride i love it i support the whole thing again like i said on the first one i'm with it all right last question last question uh, Rubio, hey, thank you so much, Andrea in Southern California for this one. It says, Rubio, since Monahan's going to be a dad in about a month, how do you think he's going to be, and do you have some advice for him? Oh, he's going to be a great dad. There's no doubt about it. You need a lot of energy and passion, 
and drive to be a great father. And Monahan has all those. Plus, him being some sort of a class clown is definitely going to help. Um, advice, whatever you say you're going to do, do it. And if you're going to be stern, make sure you're stern. What I mean is, let me, let me, let me tell you a quick story. I was uh, with my youngest son. We were watching Saturday morning cartoons or whatever. We're just two guys hanging out in the living room. It's probably 8, 8.30. And I'd say after about 20 to 30 minutes, I say, hey, you, not, you need to go take a shower. And you could almost see like the narrator in the story come up alive because he looks at probably four and six, looks at me and goes, no. And so I kind of just push back a little bit. Okay, I'll just let this one go. He's kind of testing me. After about five minutes, I look a bit and say, look at him and say, it's time for a shower, bud. No. I'm like, oh, okay. So the third time is going to be a charm on this one. I go, you've got five minutes, and in five minutes I'm going to tell you again, and we're going to go take a shower. You're going to jump in the shower. I'm going to give you a towel, all that good stuff. After five minutes passes, I look at him and say, let's go, shower. He looks right at me, and it was like the saloon doors opening, you know. Looks right at me, goes, no. I proceed to get up, walk over to him gently, grab him gently, and I proceeded to walk out the front door with him. Now, this is Southern California. It's about 8.45, 9 a.m. at the point. It's uh, probably summer day, so it's already probably 75, 80 degrees, and he's walking around in just his chonies. I proceed to open the front door, walk with him outside. I've got shorts, T-shirts, and my sandals on, and I proceed to tell him, stand in the front yard. And he's looking at me like, okay, I crossed the line. I go, stand right there. I get the hose, and I hose him down. And I go, this is your shower now. From now on, you will listen, or this is what will happen. He goes, okay. Ever since that time, if I told him to get in the shower, it was a dead Usain Bolt sprint to the shower. So whatever you're going to do, Monahan, you be stern. That's all for website questions. I hope you guys enjoyed that little quick story. AT, let it rain. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. And now, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading at unitedthroughreading.org. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for help with food, health care, and other resources. 211, how can I help you? Call 211 or visit 211.org. 211, get connected, get help. Focus, focus up, here we go. It's time for our guest. I'm very, very excited about this for a couple of reasons. Number one, she's fantastic. Number two, she's a she. This is the first time we've had a female on the show. And number three, I'm going to be kind of the odd man out on this one. I'm the first time, you know, I'm just kind of going through the whole mental health thing. It's right in my wheelhouse for the age that I'm at. Monahan has had his kind of issues slash he's gone through some things. And Josie Nicholson is an absolute expert. Let me give you her bio. She's a PhD, CMPC, assistant AD, 
for sports psychology. That's a lot of letters. She's a host of a podcast called United on all major platforms. It is meant to be a mental health resource for student athletes that is powered by Hilaninsky's Hope. And she's worked in counseling centers at Southern Miss, University of Florida, Colorado State, and the University of Mississippi, and is currently the athletic director for sports psychology at Ole Miss. Josie, thank you for opening up the day for us. Thanks for having me. Okay, so, so to start, Josie, we're going to deal with three real quick, easy questions, just kind of make everyone nice and comfy and fluffy, all right? So here we go. Number one, if you could change your name, first or middle, to any name, what would it be and why? Oh, man. That's an easy question. <laughs> I kind of like my name. Go with it wherever you want. Oh, you know, maybe something like Stormy. Like just oh, a Josie Stormy, right I like it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Is there a meaning, or is it, is it kind of just because Stormy is coming with anger and rage, or is it just you kind of like it? You just never know. Some storms are really comforting, and some are terrifying. So you know, just kind of. Never know what you're going to get with a storm. <laughs> I like that a lot. Josie, I was just about to call you Stormy. Jo Josie, <laughs> what was your first concert? <laughs> I swear I was like, okay. Josie, what was your first concert? What was your best concert? Oh, my gosh. So embarrassing. My first, oh, again, easy. No, you embraced it. Go with it. It's terrible. It's the spin doctors. It's terrible. Oh, they're not bad. Oh. Be proud of this. <laughs> oh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, they had just and, come and out. Your, and what was your best concert? Man, I've been to so many good ones. Um, ACDC, Motley Crue, I've seen them several times. They put on the best show. Um, so the biggest surprise of best concert was Alice Cooper. Like, I knew it was going to be good, but he put on a show, and I just did not expect that. Same same subtopic. What was the one concert you were so excited to see, and it turned out just not good? Bob Dylan was disappointing because he was just he was just too he was too loaded. He just couldn't couldn't do oh. it. So that was disappointing. Josie, if you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, I'd have to say pizza. Hell yes. All groups, you know, vegetables, carbs, protein, like all right there. Uh, you no fight for me on that one. Hot, cold, any meal, anytime, nonstop. I'm 100% with you on that one. We're here with Josie Nicholson. She is a phenomenal person. Let me get this right again. She's the current athletic director for sports psychology at Ole Miss. Josie, number one, how did you get into what you do? So I was a college athlete, um, not big time. I went to Loyola, New Orleans, and, uh, you know, it's just such a, a time of transition and identity development, and I was a hot mess. And looking back, I really, really could have used support. Um, it, it wasn't back when I was in college. It certainly wasn't a thing. And, uh, you know, I played soccer after college and um, did a lot better when I wasn't under the pressure and and then I actually it's, it's a long story but I ended up um, to forego the story I ended up over and while I was there I tried out for a soccer team there 
and uh, made it. And one of the um, one night they brought in a sports psychologist because it's it's a lot bigger of a deal at that time overseas. And man, listening to that guy, I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I came back and finished my degree and tailored it all to sports psychology and just been rolling ever since. Josie, I'm not asking you how old you are. I'm just asking you what era did you play college sports in? Yeah, that's a tricky uh, one. The 90s. Late, late 90s. Oh, late, the late okay, 90s. Late so 90s. Yeah, okay. So you're just. Yeah, yeah late totally 90s. Shocked. I was. <laughs> no, no, because I was mid to late 90s. Monahan, you were like 2000, some year child. Yeah, 2011 to 2015. <laughs> so do you feel like you would have been a better athlete overall had you, say, freshman year got out of the game with seeing this guy, hearing this guy? A hundred percent. I mean, I just, I never put it together, you know, that, um, you know, things that were, troubling off the field, we're going to carry on to the field, or, uh, you know, I, I just didn't really think a lot about the mental side of the game, and it wasn't really talked about a ton either. Uh, so, yeah, 100%. I think I would have, I, I feel like maybe I would have put it together um, even at that young and been like, okay, let's do this. Speaking of putting it together, talking about it, why do you feel that the whole mental health topic has become such a hot topic right now? It's kind of the buzzword. Why do you think all of a sudden, I would say within the last, for me, like three to four years, I've been hearing it more and more and more and more. And obviously now that I'm diving into it, it's all over the place. But why do you think it's become such a hot topic? You know, it's really interesting. I, I really believe the pandemic has launched it. I think it, you're right. Like before then, it was a deal. Um, but, you know, if you look at every uh, survey that's coming out, every, um, you know, poll of, of mental health, um, you know, survey that's gone out, everybody's just saying, you know, the pandemic really changed things in ways that they didn't foresee and they'll never be the same. And anxiety and depression, I mean, it's all really a mental health crisis across the nation. So athletes have this platform and the pressure in their world is so high and so it's there's been many that have kind of paved the way and been really courageous in coming out and, and speaking on these things and recognizing hey i have a platform people look up to me if i can say this is normal it's gonna really uh take a hit at stigma so that's been incredible before that i think if you look at um you know gen z especially like they kind of grew up very differently to how you and I did. You know, they they have a lot of, um, you know, you deserve this and you, in a good way, like you deserve to be treated well and, and you can draw boundaries so people don't talk to you this way or touch you this way or, you know, you can say what your needs are. And so it breeds this, hey, I am, you know, kind of autonomous. And I have this individual power to come out and say, like, hey, I need some help. I need some support, and we need to do better in mental health. So I think Gen Z is really leading the way in a lot of ways. That's really awesome. One more quick sub-question. One, yeah, one quick yeah. sub-question before, before you get to your question, Monahan. 
What age, because you were talking about as your freshman year in college and looking back, you're, you're probably 17, 18, possibly 19 years old. And obviously you're playing college sports. There's a lot of pressure. Nowadays, it almost seems that pressure can start so much earlier with a child, either because they're push, 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 push. Let's, we're, we're doing travel ball. We're doing this. We're doing that. Or we're focusing on one sport, not even to mention the social media aspect. When do you think it is apparent that you need to, as a parent, kind of get involved in the mental health aspect of your burgeoning athlete? Day one. I mean, and when we talk about like getting involved in mental health, I mean, so I have young kids. Um, Mm. One is, one's going to be an athlete. The other's really smart (laughs) and beautiful, but, uh, (laughs) but uh, the other one was just like, keep kicking that ball, baby. He got it. (laughs) (laughs) So the day I talked to them, you know, and I, I'm not by any means going to give parenting advice or, or set myself up as, you know, any sort of parenting guru or any, by any means. But but just having those conversations, like watching the way that I praise them, for example, that's a mental health issue. So I work really hard to talk to them about growth mindset, for example, you know, hey, my my son, when he was two, we instilled in him that he cannot say, I can't. He has to say, I can't do this yet. And the teachers thought it was really weird, but I just explained, like, it, it opens it up. I mean, if I can't do this is very different from I can't do this yet. And that's a mental health thing because it's empowering and it's, you know, and I praise his hard work rather than, hey, you're so smart. You know, because one he has control over and the other he doesn't. And so instilling that sense of, um, you know, I can work and I can change things. And my work and my ethic of work is more important than how it ends up. And so all these things, I think, are, um, are really starting the mental health conversation early, making sure that I create a space where they can talk to me about how they feel. It may not change anything, you know, like, I mean, just, you know, just wait, Monahan, but like, you know, the tantrums, like, you can be upset. You can be mad. That's okay. Oh, no, you're certainly not going to do that. You're not going, it's not going to change anything, but it's okay to be upset. And having those conversations, especially raising boys, you know, that it's okay to have these feelings and to talk about it that actually makes you a lot stronger as a man yeah, the, the the whole i can't thing i absolutely love it you saw me uh, you'll see it on the video i got real excited because i say the exact same thing to my kids like it's 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 the f-bomb in my house if you say i can't i, I rage and i would say it's not that you can't you're unable to right now you will be able to at some point and I even, I've even literally, if someone can find this, please let me know. I've Googled like a jar that has a little dollar slit in top or anytime that my kids say can't, they have to put a dollar in it because it pisses me off so much. So uh, that, that you and I are right there on that one. Monahan, let's hear it. Yeah, great. This is a wealth of knowledge and just opens up such a field for, for mental health. And I love the way that you preach, uh, approach it of fixed versus growth mindset. And one of those things that we listen to, we're both long snipers. We love it. Hey, let's go. You had uh, you had Jack <laughs> Woods on there from the, yeah, the New Orleans – or I'll say New Orleans Saints. Let's go. Let's have some respect. Okay. <laughs> <Do that. laughs> 
Yes, that's right. Well, you said be able to control your thoughts. Now that is, I love it. I'm in. I like I said, I I love it. So, how would you suggest athletes and then just regular business people are? are how do we control our thoughts and, and 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 go through our daily lives like that? Yeah, I think first of all, just accepting that we have thoughts that, I mean, come from all over, you know. And sometimes we're like, where did that come from? And and to not, you know, have uh, like any shame or, or fighting of these thoughts, but saying like, those are going to be there, but having a plan for how I respond to them, you know. And so if a, a thought pops up, like, you know, God, that was a really dumb thing to say. I may not control that so much, but I know right about what I'm going to say in response to that. Like, you know, hey, I'm doing my best. Nobody is really picking apart what you say except you, and you're doing a great job, you know. So having those responses ready and uh, planned for, I think, is the most important thing. Identifying. Do, do you have any drills? Reveal, go ahead. Do you, do, you have any, do you have any drills of, like, getting almost ahead of the game for that, controlling your thoughts? Because as you know, as an athlete, you can get into some situation where all of a sudden something happens that you have no idea it was going to happen. Do you have any, like, you know, you know, ways, I'm trying to not dumb it down here, ways to get people ahead of the game on that. Hey, simple, simple is great. And, you know, one of, one of the things I like to say all the time is you can't prepare for everything, but you can prepare for anything. So when we talk about like confidence, being very clear about what your confidence is in. So for example, you know, if we're talking about long snapping, you know, if you are confident that every single time it's going to be on the money where it needs to go, like, yes, that's what you want, but things happen. But you can be very confident that you know what you're doing, that you have prepared, that you have a history of success, and that you can handle whatever happens and learn from anything that didn't go your way. That's where your confidence is. And so, you know, once the ball leaves your hand, you can't control it anyway. So focusing on where that confidence is really sets you up for success. And then I talk a lot about pink elephants and white foxes. So if I tell you to think of a pink elephant, you're thinking of a pink elephant. Now stop thinking of the pink elephant. You're still thinking God, of the pink damn. elephant, even though I told you not to, right? But if I say think of a pink elephant, now think of a white fox. Ross is running around, it's so cute, playing in the snow. Where did the pink elephant go? It's not there anymore. It may be in the background, but it disappears. So what you focus on is where your attention goes, and that's what's going to remain. So I have athletes list out, like, what are your pink elephant thoughts? I mean, a lot of times it's, you're not good enough to be here. Why did you do that? Like, you know, just negative self-talk. And then notice that those are your pink elephants. And then write down just three to five, three to five white foxes and practice those. Nothing's going to be there in game time that you didn't practice, but practice them over and over. These are things like, I work really hard. I am good at this. I am, you know, a competent, long, like whatever it is. And practice those so that, 
when something unexpected happens, I mean, it's just like any play, something unexpected happens, that's why you prepare mm -hmm. so that your body knows what to do without having to think about it. Well, now your mind knows how to respond to that unexpected with the white foxes to say, I can handle whatever's happening in this situation, even though I didn't expect it. So you can prepare for anything. That, that was a beyond fantastic answer. Um, in college, I was very good friends with this guy named Myers. I was the long snapper. He was my guard. We both came in at the exact same time. He, a big, massive human being, six foot six, 350, legs like twigs, but a barrel chest, a good bench, almost like 600 pounds, just one of the most violent, evil human beings you've ever seen. The person you say, thank God this guy is on my team. I think he still holds the record for Pac-10 personal fouls. Still talk to him pretty much every week. Love the guy. He was the type of guy that when you coached him, you could cuss him out as much as you want. The more you cussed him out, the more you MF'd him up and down, the better he got. If you were nice and soft him, he was terrible. I was the player that if you cussed me out and started going and going and going, I tuned you out. I heard Charlie Brown's teacher, wah, 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 wah. But if you just told me what to do, I could do it. So as there's different coaching capabilities and ways to do it and how they do it, my question is this. I had to learn how to deal with different types of coaches. Myers did as well. This was back in the, you know, the mid-90s before, before all of this came about and people became better for it. Now, this question could get me in a little fire with Monaghan and you, I, but I'm, I'm the young – I'm not the young one, Jesus. I'm the old one, but I'm the <laughs> dumb one on this. I have to know, because Monaghan and I have spoken about this, do you feel that maybe sports at some point is getting too soft? Is it, do we need to go back at point to say, like, dude, you're getting yelled at, but you got to learn how to just tune it out? Am I wrong? Tell me if I'm wrong, because I want to know if I'm wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a right or wrong to that. I think that that Pete, that's a subjective opinion that you're entitled yeah. to have. Everybody's entitled to have, you know, their view of where sports is going. And, you know, I get the question a lot from coaches, like, this generation is so soft. And I, I think mm -hmm. I hear that, you know, and I think it depends. I think – Yes, there is a pendulum swing to, um, I don't want to say sensitivity because I, that seems to have a negative connotation. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's awareness. And, you know, athlete, young athletes have to decide, okay, is this coach a good fit for me? Is this sport a good fit for me? Is, are there opportunities where I can switch teams or switch coaches? But then the other side of it is, um, when we coaches say, you know, what are we going to do about this generation? So, you know, listen, I mean, if it's this generation, I don't know, but what are you going to go recruit 35 year olds? I mean, this is the generation. <laughs> you're recruiting. So, you know, if you can't adjust your coaching style to the generation, I mean, the ones that can, those are the ones that are going to be successful. Right. And, when I have seen coaches that have very heavy hands, as we say, come in and coach kids that are, are sensitive because they have a relationship with that kid, right? And so when they are MFing that kid up and down, the kid hears it and 
maybe they don't like it, but the relationship says, hey, I know, I believe in you, and I know you've got better, and I'm willing to expend this energy and my emotion into you because I care about you. I'm going to follow it up and make sure that we're doing okay because this is how I want to push you. And we're going to have that dialogue about where it comes from and what it's about. The problem that people get into is, you know, I mean, it's like if my coworker, now he wouldn't do this, but if my coworker got mad at me for something and, you know, MF'd me up and down, I mean, I'd be very surprised, but it would be, we would be fine, you know, and I would hear the passion and the energy, but if somebody in Kroger bumps into me and curses me out, it's going to be a different reaction. You have to have that relationship there. And when you can have that, it gives you a lot more uh, leeway to meet each other in the middle on stuff like that. So relationships are the key. I mean, that's what I got out of that right out of the gate. And I think you did a phenomenal job of expressing that. Josie, where can people find out more about you? What do you want to pump out right now? I really have enjoyed working with Helensky's Hope, uh, and it's an um, organization that was founded after Tyler Helensky, quarterback of Washington State under Mike Leach, took his life in 2019, and his parents, unbelievable, they will come to any campus on their dime and talk to student-athletes or athletes in general about uh, mental health. They are amazing. And they are just working to eradicate the stigma that surrounds mental illness. And I host their podcast, which is United, uh, U-N-I-T-3. That was Tyler's number, D. Um, and that has been so great to get to know people and, and hear um, what people are doing and just amazing things. I mean, I have a Twitter. Um, I have an Instagram. Both are Rebel Sports Psych. Um, and... That's pretty much, you know, what I'm doing right now. So, so. Well, once again, Josie, we really appreciate your time. This this was phenomenal. You opened my eyes up a lot. I soaked it all in. I, I th just thank you from the bottom of our hearts again. Keep doing what you're doing, and we really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you having this conversation. It's an important one. Absolutely. Big T, let it rain. My name is Dre, and I had a stroke when I was only 16 years old. I don't know if Dre would be here today if it wasn't for the work that the American Heart Association has done. The American Heart Association supports life-saving research that leads to medical breakthroughs, educating people on prevention and early detection, and working every day to find treatments and cures so you and your loved ones can live happier, healthier lives. To learn more, go to heart.org today. Thank you. Thank you. Focus. Focus up. 
Monahan, that was a phenomenal interview. She really, really did open my eyes because I know I'm like the old crustacean on this. I'm always like, oh, you know, come on, we gotta let's, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's do this. And you always kind of like Rubio, calm down, man. You got it. You got to just pull back a little bit. What did you think? I thought she was fantastic. The way that she framed everything just made so much sense, right? So you had mentioned, you know, kids these days getting soft, and she didn't frame it like that. She reframed it as Let's build that relationship that allows people to to you could press into somebody instead of you know running into someone at Kroger you don't know them. I thought she was fantastic and just a wealth of information. And you know what the one of the key things she said and it, and it really was the first time I ever thought of it. You know we always you know kind of rip on this generation, this generation, this generation. What what are you gonna do? Like she said, what yeah, are you gonna get do? Thirty five year olds. I'm not doing it and I'm past 35, you know, but it's, I thought that was a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. And everyone's going to want to share that, of course, on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Amazon, NGBN.TV. And if you have any questions, you can always email us, Rubio at TheRubioMethod.com. Monahan, let's get to the bottom line segment, my man. Here is the things. Here are the things. A little grammatical mistake. Right there. <laughs> there you go. Here are the things. <laughs> The three things that you should have learned today without even realizing you learned them. Number one, no one can win everything, but everyone can win a thing. Monahan was the class clown reversing chairs in the, the class. I've had him at camps where I had to tell him, literally, you've got to shut up, Monahan. I won most huggable. Okay? So not no one can win everything, but everyone can win a thing. Number two, controlling yourself is a major key to dominating your life. Monahan, what are your thoughts on that one? The thing that stood out was that or that growth mindset, right? You can't control everyone around you, and you can't even always control the situations, but you can control what you're confident in. So grab things that you can control that you can be confident in, no matter what the circumstances and run with them. It was, that was great, 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 great. Yep. And number three, relationships are the key, whether it's a relationship with a good buddy, your wife, your husband, grandparents, relatives, or your coaches, just like Josie said, this one guy could MF this one player because they have the relationship. You're never going to get anywhere with anyone if you don't build somewhat of a foundation of a relationship. Monahan, final thoughts. Yeah, relationships are key. And understanding the dynamic of each other's relationship, right? Like you and I will text each other some rude, vile stuff, <laughs> but we know that's where we're at and it's all love, right? And so that's the same thing with the coaches. I think that's fantastic. And also, we both know people that we wouldn't talk to like that because that's not the relationship we have with each other. That's an that's that's absolutely awesome point. Mayan, phenomenal episode seven. Thank you again to Josie Nicholson slash Stormy. Uh, make sure you share this on Spotify, YouTube, Google, Amazon. If you have any questions, email Rubio at the Rubio method. That's a wrap. Big T. Let it rain. 